This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. We're internet sensations, guys. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons, 3 to 7 on WSJS. You are on a Tuesday drive. It is WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad, where just because the Carolina Panthers are on their bye week does not mean they're going to stay out of the headlines. Don't look now, but two weeks from today is Halloween. But more important to the Carolina Panthers... That's also the day of the NFL trade deadline, and there's already been chatter surrounding this team in that regard. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated has reported that the Panthers could be preparing for a fire sale. According to his story from over the weekend, Jeremy Chin, Terrace Marshall Jr., and Dante Jackson are among those who will be made available, and he's indicating that Scott Fitterer's open to listening to offers on Brian Burns as well. To me... That's the line that should be drawn. It should be drawn at Burns. In fact, this is what Fitterer should tell any team reaching out to him looking to make a trade. Other than Bryce Young and Brian Burns, everyone on this roster is available. Everyone. Burns should not be, and here's why. He plays a premium position and he's 25 years old. He plays a premium position and he's 25. That's what makes him different than Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore over the last year. Running backs have short shelf lives. Defensive ends don't. Ask Julius Peppers, Bruce Smith, Jason Taylor. Go through the list of the top Reggie White, the top edge rushers. These are guys who play a very long time. Brian Burns is 25 years old. He has more than five great years left in him. So, yeah, Carolina should look to re-sign him. And he's also somebody that doesn't have any more rookie years left on his contract. So the odds of you getting the same offer the Panthers reportedly got from the Rams last year, two first-round draft picks and a third-rounder, no shot. No shot you're getting that without any rookie years left. You would have gotten one plus the half of season a year ago. You have to negotiate a new contract. And if you're not getting that for Burns, which Carolina is not, it's not worth moving him. That is his value. If no one comes to the table with that, then you do not move Brian Burns. Full stop. If you're concerned about the contract, everything I've been told is that Brian Burns wants to remain in Charlotte. That's why the guy didn't hold out. That's why the guy decided to play in Atlanta and every game since so far this year. Carolina has a billionaire owner and David Tepper who is now worth $18 billion with, with concerts with those and Charlotte FC, etc. Carolina has the fourth or fifth most cap space at the moment. Looking at next year's salary cap, they can afford him. They have a rookie on a, a quarterback on a rookie contract. Yeah, they can afford Brian Burns and Brian Burns wants to stay. That's not a problem. If you don't get two first-round draft picks and a third, which you're not going to get, you don't move Brian Burns. As for the other guys, if gaining draft capital is your priority because of what you gave up in order to get to the number one pick, you do have guys who can accomplish that. Somebody that wasn't mentioned in the story is Derek Brown. What could you get for Derek Brown? Could you get a first? I think the fact that he plays a premium position, there's a chance of that. That's something I would look at to potentially get into the first round. How about a player like, yeah, Jeremy Chin makes a lot of sense. Not getting as much snaps as he got a year ago or in his first few years in the league in a Giro Evero's defense. You drafted him in the second round. So if you could recoup a second round draft pick, that sounds like a win to me. Get, into, get another second round pick, get another swing at it, especially since they're not using him all that much. Less than that doesn't really seem worth it. Same thing for Derek Brown. But I'd be more firm on Brown than I would be Jeremy Chin. There are two players that are interesting conversations. Adam Thielen and Taylor Moten. Taylor Moten has been a leader and such a steady part of this offensive line for a very long time. Do you look at potentially moving him? You want Bryce to be supported. You want Bryce to be well set up for this year. You want Bryce to continue to make progress. And if you strip him of the one solid piece on that offensive line, the one guy you can trust the most, that might stun his growth. Thus, 
I don't know if I'd look to do that unless the price was really enticing. And the same thing goes for Adam Thielen. You gave up DJ Moore. It seems like you got Thielen on a good contract. He's exceeding expectations early on this year. Those are two guys that I probably would not move just because it best benefits the quarterback that you've taken. But all those guys on defense, yeah. I, I expect during this bye week, Carolina is going to be active. This week's a week of change. You've got the deadline in two weeks. You're on a bye. And, heck, they just changed play callers. Thomas Brown spoke to the media for the first time as the play caller earlier today. And here he was talking about Bryce Young's development, Bryce Young, the direction that he's headed right now. Even in my interview, which, you know, hopefully I'm good to be able to share this, but my, one of my last stops was kind of meeting with Scott and, and Dan and kind of talk about how I saw the roster, but also my evaluation of this, this draft class of quarterbacks. And I told Bryce this yesterday when we had a kind of a sit-down meeting with us one-on-one to just talk about moving forward, my expectations, um, and what he kind of expects from me. Uh, in his kind of new role as a play caller. But um, I mentioned him as being the number one guy on the board then, just thinking about from the standpoint of what I saw from him on tape. And kind of just continue to grow from there. Once you had an opportunity to get on the road and meet with him and interview him and obviously watch him kind of throw from a pro day standpoint. Yeah. Thomas Brown, Bryce Young's guy. And now he's the play caller to help move Bryce Young along. Week of change for the Panthers. Other than Bryce and Brian Burns, almost everybody should be on the market but I'd probably veer away from moving Adam Thielen or Taylor Moten as well. They're not untouchable, but they're close to being untouchable. On Twitter at WSJS Radio, if you want in, 336-777-1600 is the phone number as well. In addition to that Twitter handle where we're streaming video, we're also streaming on YouTube and Twitch. However, and wherever you are watching or listening, we appreciate that. Will Dalton, the executive producer of the show, will get to the latest movie classic that he watched for the first time shortly. WD, do you know what the term house money means? Essentially, it means you've got nothing to lose. Yes. It's a gambling term. We give out picks every single week. It essentially means you've won so much of the house's money that regardless of what happens, you feel like you can't lose. Thus, you're playing with house money. Duke football understands this because this week against Florida State... They are playing with house money. This is the primetime, 7.30, ABC kick, Duke FSU, Herb Street, and Fowler on the call. Kirk Herb Street. And a lot of attention is going to be put on this football game. And Duke's playing with house money going into it. Despite their ranking, despite this stage, nobody's giving Duke a chance. They are 14-point underdogs. You'd think after the way they beat Clemson, in a game they didn't even play that awesome man. Three touchdown win. And the way that they hung with Notre Dame and should have won that football game. Maybe opinions would change about the Blue Devils. Even this past weekend, only a three-point favorite, and they don't allow a touchdown against NC State and win by three touchdowns without Riley Leonard. So there's absolutely no pressure on Duke going into this massive, massive game. Heck, even if they lose, they control their destiny for the ACC championship still. They get Louisville and North Carolina still the rest of the way. Those are the teams that would still be competing who have not lost ACC games. Oh, wait, Louisville lost to Pitt over the weekend. Whoops. Yeah, that North Carolina game is just going to be massive on November the 11th. But that's, you know, a couple of games that you have left, and Here are their three other games, WD. Wake Forest at home, at Virginia, home against Pitt. I like Duke's chances. So even if they lose against FSU, who everybody assumes is already going to be in the ACC championship game, and if they win on Saturday, who's going to say that they're not going to be? And the other thing, Duke can win this game, especially if Riley Leonard's at quarterback. I'm guessing he's going to play. Elko said today that he's day-to-day, kind of like he said a week ago. But after the game, Elko, he pointed out that Riley Leonard went through warm-ups. Riley Leonard, he was close to playing against NC State. And I believe him. If he's going through warm-ups 
and Riley, knowing the competitor he is, he's going to want to be on the field against FSU. That, and we talk a lot about the quarterbacks because that's just the nature of the position. But that front is the reason Duke wins games. I think we learned that the way that they beat NC State, despite the fact that Riley Leonard's replacement threw an interception and only completed four passes. Duke still won that game by a ton. That front is legit. It's one of the best fronts in the ACC. And we saw FSU have issues with Clemson's front. Watch out. Watch out for the Blue Devils in this spot. Duke, always be weary of the team, leery of the team that's playing with house money. And Duke is definitely playing with that going into Saturday night. Will's movie for this week, Back to the Future. Uh, WD needs more of a thinking man's picture. And wait a minute, WD. Are you trying to tell me that my mother has got the hots for me? At the movies with the WD is next. Now comes the moment you have all been waiting for. All right, whenever you're ready. This is The Drive with Josh Graham. WD watched Back to the Future for the first time. And even though this is not the song that won the Oscar from this movie, there was that Huey Lewis song that did. Every time I think of this movie, I think of Earth Angel. But before we get to WD's review of that, hearing from my biggest fans, rave reviews on this show, Robbie writes in, Smith instead of Smith. Growth instead of growth. Contract instead of contract. It's like listening to my three-year-old grandson try to speak. Here's what I got to say to that. As long as I'm on this earth (laughs) and I have words coming out of my mouth until I experience death, you will feel my wrath. That's what I got to say to that as long as i'm in this booth let's go to the movies with the wd unless you're talking about star wars obi one has taught you well movies aren't exactly will's thing i don't get it you uncultured swine but that's about to change because josh can't stand it anymore this is at the movies with will dalton wd ask me who my favorite country singer is who's your favorite country singer? garf Ask me what my favorite 90s your, alternative band is. What's your favorite 90s alternative band? The Smiths. <laughs> just just milking it. Back to the Future That's right. is nearly 40 years old. What did you like about Back to the Future? It was a good blend of sci-fi, drama, and comedy. It had all those things. And... The scene where the Libyans were chasing him around the parking lot. The Libyans! Yeah. And he's in the mall parking lot in one second, and then he's about to hit a scarecrow in the next second. It was kind of cool to see, like, it it wasn't like jumping to light speed in Star Wars where it's like a big buildup. It just, boom, one second, and you're in in the past. And then the drama of, like, trying to get out of 1955. Every part of that scene kind of has you feeling... A certain type of way. Rewatching this, the one thing that hit me is the timelessness of the movie. Now there are some things that are very 1985 or whenever it came out, like Pepsi Free and DeLoreans. Yes, right. But when you think about it conceptually, it all still works. Like the dilemma of you going back in time and meeting your mom who's smoking hot. Yeah, that was who's Leah Thompson and conflicting. has a crush on you. It, it leads to some internal conversation of how you might handle said situation. And another thing that struck me was, this is not a movie you can remake. I don't think it is. You don't because, think? like, I think there was something specific, specific about the 1950s. Like an innocence that existed then that I don't think if we went back in time 30 years ago to, say, 1990 or 1993... I don't think you get 
the same thing. I, I just don't. Yeah, I'm sure there are some things that, oh, yeah, look at these jackets and, oh, what's the Internet? What's Twitter? I'm sure some of that would exist, but I don't think the era itself is so much different than today that it would work the same way that going from 85 to 55 was. Give it when you an- talk about the difference in generations. Give it another decade when we're all in the metaverse and we'll see if we can do it then. Maybe, but <laughs> I don't want to see a remake until it becomes all that different. But the timelessness of it, that's the piece that really struck me. What didn't you like about Back to the Future? Well, it's a nitpick, but Doc was ultra careful with the plutonium when he was filling up the car in the mall parking lot. Yeah. And then when the car is filled up, he just kicks over the box that has the rest of the plutonium in it. I thought that was a little bit of uh, inconsistency. Also, you you hit on it just a minute ago. The the mom thing was no. very conflicting. Whoa, whoa. You didn't like that? I loved that about the movie. It was... I liked it, but it's it's, it's his mom. No, I know, but that's the... That's the crux of the movie. Like, I, clearly, I, clearly, the genesis. This is such an original movie. That's another thing. There probably has never been a movie other than Star Wars that has that that is as successful as a franchise as Back to the Future, with while also being an original text, not based on a book, not based on something that it, it's adapted by. I, I so was thinking about clearly that. somebody probably came up with this, and I'm sure there's something that says this. The idea is, like, what would happen if you went back in time and your mom hit on you? I, I bet you that probably was where this movie started and you came up with the entire thing. Also, ending kind of depressing because, like, his family had a better life and then, you know, he had to go back to 85. Well, no, I mean, no, no, they were going to the future. Where we're going, we don't need roads. He was going, not depressing at all, but I will say this. I have, I have a couple things written down. Everything about George McFly... Marty's dad? Yeah. Did he have to be a creep? Did he have to be like in the in the tree before he fell down? Did that have to happen? Also the acting. I don't know who the actor is, but that was a little bit too much. And I don't know if this movie needed a date rape angle. Like this movie's rated PG despite having some curse words in it and attempted date rape by yeah. Biff at the yeah. end. Spoiler alert. This movie's 40 years old. Don't know why I said spoiler alert. The point is that WD needed to see this, and probably all of you have seen it. Another thing is, no clue why his 1985 girlfriend, Jennifer, I think her name is, likes him. Like, why? His best friend is like a 60, 70 year old man, and it doesn't seem like he has any other friends at all. And she's just all in, all in on this dude. That doesn't seem to make much sense at all. And also, that relationship doesn't seem to make sense either. What's the best quote from Back to the Future? Who you calling spook, Peckerwood? That's pretty good. (laughs) The two that are probably the most prevailing from this movie over the last 40 years, Great Scott! Things that people just say. And roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. Those are just things that you've heard in the culture for all these decades. You had anything else to add? Uh, the fact that he was baffled that Ronald Reagan was the president. Oh, that's The great. actor? <laughs> Who's the vice president? Jerry Lewis? Yeah. Do you know fun. who Jerry Lewis is? And He's a comedian, right? Yeah. And, and Ronald Reagan, when he watched this in the White House, he loved that scene, by the way. I read that. Ah. Yeah. Doing a little homework. I like that. Uh-huh. Rotten Tomatoes score for Back to the Future. I've shot it high the last couple of weeks, and I've kind of missed. Let me go 89 on this one. Bring it down just a tad. 94%. There you go. On the cusp. Got it within five. Impressive work. And that's been At the Movies with the WD. Ding, ding, boys. School's in session. Let's go, man. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. Last call for suggestions for WD, movie-wise. That we'll get to in just a few minutes. Weekly Positivity. We have more Renaissance Festival tickets to give away. We have Wake Forest Pittsburgh tickets to give away. We'll do that in just a bit when we lift morale across the triad with Weekly Positivity. Here might This might be the most positive thought that you'll hear this week on the Carolina Panthers. It's only going to get better for them 
here on out. This season, they're at 0-6. We know that. Going into the bye, the only winless team in the NFL. It's only going to get better, and here's why. The schedule is going to get a lot easier. Carolina, through the first six games, has only played twice at home. Two home games, that's it. I'd be surprised if anybody's played fewer home games than that. And then you look at the games that they've played away from Bank of America Stadium. Nobody really accounted for Miami and Detroit being this type of good. When you look at the rest of Carolina's schedule, you will not see a game that on paper is more difficult or close to as difficult as at Detroit or at Miami the rest of the way. Those are the two most difficult games on the schedule for Carolina. They happen back-to-back. You will not have a game more difficult than that on paper than those two games. That's good news. Then you look at what you have right out of a a bye. You tell me, even with Carolina being 0-6, which of these games is not winnable for Carolina. They have Houston. Carolina off of a bye at home against Houston. You have Indianapolis at home the week after that. No Anthony Richardson. He might be done for the season. Adam Schefter reported that he may be done for the season. Then you have a short week at Chicago. You face the Bears. You're going to tell me Carolina can't beat Chicago? Now, this isn't me saying they're going to beat Chicago, but you're telling me they can't? All three of these games look like toss-ups. And how much different is the tone of things if on the coin flip you hit two out of three and you're now, what would it be, two and seven through the first nine? It'd be a totally different tenor than what you have right now. Another reason to be optimistic, the Panthers are about to get much healthier. Here's the list of players that could return. In fact, I'd say is likely return for the Panthers' next game against Houston. J.C. Horn. Send me that cash out, family. Austin Corbett, who hasn't played at any point this year. Xavier Woods. He was close to playing against Miami. Miles Sanders. Von Bell. Marquise Haynes. These are all dudes that you can get back for the next game. It's going to be the healthiest Carolina's been since week one. Carolina, they're not going to be tanking either. (laughs) They have no reason to tank. They don't have a pick next year. And Bryce Young's only scratching the surface. Three-touchdown game in Detroit. His first multi-touchdown game. How did he follow that up? He didn't turn over the ball against Miami. Had a touchdown pass, led a couple touchdown drives to put them in front. Here's what Thomas Brown said about Bryce Young's performance against the Dolphins. It's a great feeling to be able to kind of find your voice and find your rhythm. And I think last week was by far and away um, the best he's been. That's that's going to be the floor for who he is, which is exciting to be kind of be around and see. And I think uh, his demeanor on game day, his energy on game day was awesome. He even gave a fiery halftime speech to the group, which I thought was spot on for who he should be, who we need him to be. And so just continue to try to find ways to put him in the best spot to be successful. Two things stand out there. Thomas Brown coming out and saying, this is the floor of what Bryce is going to be. And then saying, Bryce Young gave a fiery halftime speech? What does a Bryce Young fiery halftime speech sound like? Guys, we can... It's not a birthday, but we're going to have a big game today. Like, we could do it more than once a year. I'm telling you. It doesn't just have to be your birthday. I'm telling you. There's a switch. That's that's my Bryce Young impression. There is a switch. Is it good? It needs a little work, but not bad. Not bad. Come on, guys. You're on on the right track. I'm telling you, I know there's got to be a switch that he flips when he goes into the locker room or when he's on the sideline. Because I remember like watching some of the games, like there's been some panovers to where he had a, a good amount of the team around him and he was kind of getting them fired up because, you know, things weren't going so well. But what are you, you Googling something? Just, what you, <laughs> just trying to figure out what his speech was. Just trying to, like, did he did he walk into the locker room and he's like, Gentlemen, great moments are born from great opportunities. (laughs) And that's what you have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played the the Dolphins nine times or ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. Not tonight. 
Play like it's your birthday. Tonight. <laughs> Not going to do the full miracle speech. Let's go to Dave and Clemens. Dave, what do you have for us? What's up, JG? I got to get the negativity out before weekly positivity. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the Panthers, I just, I understand we got a easy part of the schedule coming up. Rookie QBs, not so great QBs. But I'm afraid we are turning into the mid-2000 Raiders where Randy Moss, players like Randy Moss, go to die a la Christian McCaffrey. When Randy Moss went back to New England, he became a star. Same thing happened uh, with McCaffrey going to San Francisco. The, they drafted Jamarcus Russell. They drafted Darius Hayward Bay just because he's speedy. I mean, it's... it's are you comparing created... Jamarcus Russell to Bryce Young? Is that what you're doing? No, no. No, no, I knew you might do that. I'm just saying the, the, the franchise makes dumb decision after dumb decision. The Raiders did. Uh-huh. And that's what, that's what we're doing, that we have created a losing culture the last four or five years. You even look at it the last couple games. We still call timeouts in situations we're not But let me hold you up that. then. Let me hold you up for a second. Who, who's Randy Moss in this equation? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I'm yeah, just well. saying, like, it, it doesn't matter. Who, if we have a good player, he is not going to be a good player with the Panthers. He was, he goes Christian McCaffrey else, was, Christian McCaffrey had 1,000 receiving yards and 1,000 rushing yards in a season. Like, he was great, unlike Randy Moss in Oakland. But his last couple years, we were not getting near the potential that San Francisco or any other good organization who would know how to utilize a Christian McCaffrey would get. We we do not take advantage of our players. We do not develop players, Josh. Okay. That's the other thing. Who are we developing? What young players Bryce Young are we developing? He's looked good the last two weeks, has he not? Two weeks. I, I need two years. We I mean need- if you're gonna hey hold one second. If you're gonna call into the show and overreact after two games saying the guy sucks and then say two games isn't enough of a sample when he's good I'm going to say that's inconsistent, Dave. Well, you got me there. But we, we, it, it, if Bryce Young is Joe Burrow, you look how Cincinnati yeah. built around Burrow. Uh-huh. They, they drafted a first-round receiver the next year. We don't have that. We are doing it completely, completely wrong. We, we don't develop any talent. We don't even have any draft picks to build around him now. So until our young players start proving themselves and, and start, you know, Domingo guy, he starts showing he's got some talent, I, I, it can't be all put on Bryce Younger. He's going to be a boss. I love Domingo guy. That's great. Thanks for the call, Dave. Uh, it's Joe Scheister. I, I wish he would have said, the, that's a Mingo guy. <laughs> they do. That's great. On that note, let's get to movies. Let's figure out what you're going to be watching. Uh, this week is the 100-year anniversary of Disney. So I was thinking Disney movies. Should we go am- animated or not animated? Wait, I mean... The- Which would you prefer? Animated or not animated? Uh, You can throw some animated in there. Well, let's just see what you've seen first. Yeah. Have you seen Lion King? Yeah. Toy Story. Love Toy Story. Aladdin. I know. Well... That is my favorite Disney movie. Love Aladdin. Have you seen what's going on animated? Have you seen Mr. Holland's Opus? Well. Mrs. Doubtfire. Well. Oh, wow. Never even heard of it. When you think Robin Williams, what do you think of? Um, Dead Poet Society. Okay. And Stand Up. Okay. Miss Doubtfire is one that I have circled here. Yeah, Miss Doubtfire. That'll be one of the, your choices. We'll go non-animated. Because that, come on, you got to see Mrs. Doubtfire. Killer of the Flower Moon's dropping this week. That is a Leo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Martin Scorsese movie. So let's find a Marty movie. Let's find a DiCaprio movie. Let's find a De Niro movie. My buddy Evan suggested Shutter Island. Have you seen that? Well. Yeah, but that's also, it's a DiCaprio movie, but it's also Scorsese too. So let's, mm. have you seen Django? Django Unchained? Well. Really? Yeah, you would love that movie. I know um, I would, Just and I love and it. I love Tarantino. So that'll be the second one that people could pick between De Niro. Let's veer away from Scorsese movies. Actually, let's lean into it. Have you seen Taxi Driver? Oh, you well, already said you didn't. Have you seen Cape Fear? 
Well, that's like a Wilmington movie. I I figured as much. Cape Fear. Okay, we'll put that down because we're running out of time here. Scorsese movies. This is tough. Have you seen Color of Money yet? Well. Okay, well that was suggested by Mike Maniscalco and our guy Scott is suggested Color of Money 2, which is a Scorsese movie, so we'll throw that in there as the last one as well because you probably don't know who Paul Newman is. That's the uh, salad dressing guy. Vote on our poll at Josh Graham Show on Twitter at WSJS Radio, and we'll figure out what movie by the end of the show he'll be watching. We'll give away wake tickets and Renaissance Fair Festival tickets as well. Fair Festival. When we lift morale across the triad and weekly positivity next. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. Before we get into weekly positivity, something that's just bothering me. By the way, if you want tickets to see Wake Forest play Pittsburgh this Saturday, 3.30 kick for the Deeks, they're favored in the game. And on top of that, a pair of tickets to go to the Renaissance Festival in Huntersville, 336-777-1600. It's four tickets in one. All you have to do is call in and tell us something good. And Weekly Positivity, that's sponsored by Biscuit King. We'll get to that momentarily. Something that's not making me feel good right now. Still need a Charger Cowboy for my oh Immaculate my Grid. Are you still doing this? Uh, it's been bothering me all day. So give them like a, a little bit of a window of what we do every day before the show. Every time I walk in and I berate WD <laughs> trying to help me out with my Immaculate Grid. And <clears throat> you only, if you don't know what it is, it gives you... Did it's you wh- just clear your throat into the microphone? Well, I was away from it. but it Sniff it clear in your throat? Gosh. Uh, it's like Wordle for yes, sports. Yes, and you get there are nine grids, which means you have and you have nine attempts to try to get things right. And I can't come up with a player who played for both the Chargers nine times and the Cowboys. I can't come up with one, and it's really, really bothering he's, me. He's been doing this all day. And then for baseball, a Marlin who played for the Astros. I, I can't come up with a player who played for the Marlins and the Astros. Can't do it. So I'll I'll give you bonus tickets of some sort if you yeah. can call in. And help me out. That would be good. Yeah. 336-777-1600. Let's get into it. It's time for Weekly Positivity. Oh. Yeah. This is heavy. Make sure you vote on our Twitter poll. Which movie should WD watch next week? The Color of Money, Cape Fear, Mrs. Doubtfire, or Django Unchained? All those movies are good. You can vote on our Twitter poll. Something else that's good is Biscuit King. Did you know they had four locations? Three in Lexington, one in High Point. Open 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Sunday. Biscuits. Breakfast and lunch served all day. Sponsoring weekly positivity. 336-777-1600. WD, tell me something good. Well, there's a couple of things here. I mean, one, I'm excited to get together with you and Clara and everybody tonight, which we already covered that. I'm excited to host the show on Friday. Yeah. That's going to be good. Darren will be in here on Thursday. That's right. He's doing the play-by-play for Duke's Midnight Madness event. Countdown oh, to Craziness on Friday. I didn't know that. That's good. That is good. He's but, a busy guy. He's got that and lottery he broadcast boy. high school football and television and he's now the voice of ECU basketball and he's doing high point basketball somehow too. But That's all good. But I'll tell you something else. I got a new refrigerator yesterday. A what? A new refrigerator. I'm going to get bashed for my (laughs) F's and T-H's. Wow. And you're going to get on me about vegetables and... I mean, that one's bad. That's not good. Refrigerator? People call it a refrigerator. They call it the fridge. I don't think they call it refrigerator. They don't call them refrigerator Perry. It's refrigerator Perry. 
refrigerator. Do you know who Refrigerator Perry is? Is he the guy that bets on get? Oh no, that's Mattress Mac or whatever his name is. I don't, I don't know who that is. Yeah, he bets a lot of money on baseball games. Refrigerator Perry is a former prime minister in in London. Oh, that's that's who Refrigerator Perry is. So, well, I, in, I case, in case you didn't know, I got a new. F- Might have went to Clemson too. ACC legend. Yeah. I got a new refrigerator. Very skinny guy as well. Yesterday. <laughs> like criminal. That's why they call him the fridge. Oh. It's good to know. Okay. So I got up yesterday morning and I was going to go make me some lemon water. I like to get ice water and then put lemon in it first thing in the morning. That's what I do. It's mm-hmm. part of my routine. Yeah. And so I was going to get some of the ice cubes and I noticed that like the majority of my ice cubes were melted. And when I opened the fridge, there was like a big icicle on the inside of the door. Mm-hmm. And it turned out my fridge sometime during the night stopped working. Yeah, that happened uh, with my oven in the last two weeks. I've been without an oven. And oh, I think tomorrow we're going to have the oven loaded. And that's That's good. good. Wow. So good luck finding a new fridge. I got it already. They came and they replaced it at the <sighs> apartment. It's quick service. Oh, that's right. You have an apartment. So. I do. You just call somebody and they take care of it. That's right. That's good. That is that is good. Refrigerator. That, that is something I miss. Uh, I'll tell you something good. I'll be in New Orleans Thursday and Friday. Wow. And in Baton Rouge on Saturday for LSU and Army. Never been to a game at LSU. Ryan McGee's been coming on this show for years saying, you got to go to LSU. Tom Luganville told me that in person last Tuesday at the Coastal App State game. Finally getting that done. Here's something else that's good. Good. I booked this trip in this Omni French Quarter Hotel first week of May, which is significant because the NFL schedule had not been released yet. How's this for a twofer? The Panthers are off this weekend. Sheer luck on that. And the Saints play Thursday night a couple of blocks from where my hotel's at in the Superdome. The Saints. Wow. Yeah. Who do they play? The Jaguars. Jags. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Go ACC. I don't think I'm going to go to that game, though. Why? Why? I think it'd actually be more fun, since I'm already going to a game on Saturday, to, like, be on Bourbon Street when... A Saints game is happening a few blocks away. Ah, taking the atmosphere. But I imagine it's not going to be like normal if it's a Saints game day. It's going to be like heightened and crazy, which has me thinking. This is my third trip to New Orleans. The first two times, weird circumstances as well. The first time being, I was broadcasting an ECU game after going to Tulane. We went to Bourbon Street. I didn't do any homework about Bourbon Street at all. We just went, and there were so many people. On a Saturday night to the point where I asked somebody, is this normal? And they looked at me like I was stupid, (laughs) saying, it's the first night of Mardi Gras. No, this is not normal. Whoa. So that was the first time I went. Second time I went, Duke and Carolina in the Final Four last year. So that was abnormal. And now this is a bit abnormal as well. Going to New Orleans in the first night I'm staying there. My wife, who's never been to New Orleans. A Saints home game going to be happening on a Thursday night. And then going down to Baton Rouge, sideline passes, LSU Army. And that's good. Let's go to Travis in Greensboro. Travis, tell me something good. Well, I just got home, and I'm about to take my five-year-old son crayfishing for the first time. Wow. How do you think that's going to go? I expect that he's going to be rather terrified of the crayfish calls, but I'm pretty confident that we're going to have a nice little WrestleMania fest with the crayfish once we catch them. How old is your son? He's five. Wow. Have you taken him fishing before not for crayfish? Oh, yes. We always go fishing, but he's never been able to hold a crayfish, so... Tonight should be the night for that. Where are you going? You don't have to go too specific, but where are you going to get crayfish? 
uh, there's there's a creek out in the field about a, two miles away that we're going to be able to catch some. Well, good luck with that. And uh, good luck to your son as well. Enjoy that, Travis. That is very good. And uh, congratulations. You've won Wake Pittsburgh tickets as well and tickets to the Renaissance Festival in Huntersville. There you go. There's going to be some fun experiences with your son. Go to a Wake game. Go to a Renaissance Festival. Different types of events that will get people involved. And that's been Weekly Positivity. You're on the drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. Here's the Charlotte FC dilemma that we'll discuss with Will Pelagic in a moment. Voice of Charlotte FC joins us each and every week. They have two more games remaining on the schedule. Both are against Inter-Miami. Charlotte is a point out of tying the last place team into the playoffs, the team with the last playoff spot currently. And there are Charlotte fans that would love to see Leo Messi out there, but would also like Leo Messi to make the playoffs for the first time in its franchise history. This is being year two of Charlotte FC soccer. Willie P joining us now. So let's get to the Leo Messi point. Based on what you're hearing, what you're reading, what is the latest that we know about his status for tomorrow and also Saturday? Well, Tata Martino spoke uh, today, their head coach. Uh, looks like he's not going to play tomorrow because uh, he's going to be included in the squad for Argentina in their game today against Peru. Uh, they did call back a bunch of other players uh, early from their uh, spells in international duty, but uh, he was not one of them. They're keeping him in Argentina, and according to what he said today, he being uh, Tata Martino, uh, they're going to reevaluate everybody on Thursday and make a determination uh, whether or not they want to have them play on Saturday. If I had to guess, I'd guess they sit him out, but I'm not going to sit here and, and 100% be surprised either way. Uh, they do have a tour in China that they're getting ready for in the middle of November, which is definitely going to bring a big boon to them and their brand, and they definitely want Messi to show out for that. So it could be a situation where they want to keep Messi fresh and play him or not play him. But uh, Inter-Miami's got nothing to play for necessarily, and one of the things that uh, Tata Martino also said today was that they want to try and uh, use these next two games to look at what they have for the future, and obviously they know Messi's a part of their future, so they might want to see what else they can actually use and utilize from the rest of their squad. Does Charlotte need to get points in both matches in order to make the playoffs, you think? They definitely have a better shot getting uh, three points in one of the two matches. They definitely have to win one of the two matches. Uh, there's a way in. Uh, there are ways in with a win and a loss, but uh, you would need a lot of help to go your way. Uh, it, basically, the, the easiest route, obviously, like I said, is win both games. You control your own destiny. You're in no matter what. Uh, you win one. You draw one. There's less help you need than if it was win one, lose one, but uh, you definitely need at least three. Uh, I think if you try to go in with two draws, it's not going to work. So from that perspective, Perspective, uh, you're definitely looking at a situation where you have to win at least one of these next two and get a result in both. And Charlotte's had been on a bit of, of a roll of late, even as they've been on a bit of a layoff as well. Will Pelagic is joining us here. Let's get to the Carolina Panthers. It is the bye week for Carolina. Do you think the worst is behind them? They're 0-6. Is the worst behind them as we get set for the final eleven? Well, we always talked about how the first six games of this schedule was the, the meaty part of the schedule, and I think that combined with the change in play caller, I think should at least give Carolina some relief. I I, I really would find it very hard to believe that this team goes 0-17. I think there's going to be wins for this team, especially because the division, as we've always said, is, is not what really a juggernaut. Uh, I think they've been in every game with the exception of two, and as a result, I do feel like you look at this team and you feel like there are progressions being made. I think the offense is getting better. I still feel like the defense is a work in progress. And I think that's the part of the field that I feel like uh, hasn't gotten enough criticism. I feel like I understand that there's been injuries and I under understand that those are hard to overcome, especially in the secondary. But I just wonder if this scheme is necessarily the best fit 
uh, with the type of personnel that Giro Rivera is trying to implement right now. I feel like that's the side of the football that I'm almost more concerned about. I think that there are going to be progressions made with the offense. I think that Chuba Hubbard has definitely been a big bright spot over the last couple of weeks with him running the football. And I think Bryce Young has progressed as well. Uh, to say the worst is over, I think might be a oversimplification of it, but I, I do feel like there's going to be wins to be had for them after the bye. Kind of relate relates to what you're saying about the defensive personnel. Two weeks from today is the NFL trade deadline. They're on the bye week. You have the Albert Breer report talking about Dante Jackson being available. Brian Burns maybe being available. Um, they listed a couple other players as well. Terrace Marshall Jr. was one of those players. How many, obviously Bryce Young's untouchable. How many other players do you think should be or are untouchable in terms of trade? I feel like Burns has got to be one because if he was untouchable last year when you can get a first-round pick for him... Two. I don't, two firsts. I, I don't see them getting even close to that type of haul right. uh, this year. So right. from, from that perspective, I think you've kind of made your bet with Brian Burns. Now you got to lay in it, whether it's at the price tag of $30 million or you let him walk for free. I, I think that they were be reticent to have him walk for free because I feel like they believe that he's a big part of their future. I feel like those two are definitely untouchable. Yeah. Uh, I think there are a couple of others that, you know, maybe uh, on the outside, Derek Brown's probably one of those guys too. Um, what could Maybe you get for Derek Brown? Others. What could you get from Derek Brown considering the the fact that's a premium position? I don't think you're getting a first-round pick. I think there's not enough of a sample size alongside of him to make that happen. Again, I, I don't know if there's anybody on this roster that's worthy of that, that you would conceivably trade that's worthy of, of getting a first-round pick because I just feel like teams are going to kind of hold the Panthers over a barrel, so to speak. Uh, when, when you are a team in the situation the Panthers are, uh, no one's going to, you know, back uh, uh, men their back over backwards to try and make that happen uh, they're going to definitely hold you to the fire so to speak quick answer we'll just go player by player very quickly you tell me tradable or not tradable we'll start with an obvious one in jeremy chen tradable very tradable okay adam thielen i wouldn't trade him okay how about taylor moten I wouldn't trade him because I think you've had more than enough issues with your offensive line. I think he's somebody who you you brought back and, and signed for a very long term for a reason. I think you keep him. Frankie Louvu. I wouldn't trade him. I I feel like he's he's the heart and soul of this defense. I don't I wouldn't trade him. Okay. So I I'm with you on the offensive players. I think everybody on that defense, Sands, Brian Burns, I mean JC Horn, he's tradable, right? No, I don't think you trade him at all. Well, I guess it depends on what the price is. You're not going to get a first. I also round. don't know what you can. I don't know what you can get for him right now. That's right. So like, player. you 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 took the guy in the top ten. If it's less than a first round pick, then it's not worth it. Same thing for Derek right. Brown. But you would agree if there was a first round pick on the table for Derek Brown, you take that, right? I I, I would be more inclined to take it just because it gets the Panthers back into the first round, but. Players like Derek Brown don't grow on trees, and I understand that it took them a while to, to realize what his potential could be and, and get him to the level that he's playing right now, but I feel like that's something the Panthers are going to want to try to play the long game on. Okay, we need to get to this important topic. WD, movies for him next week. We've got it narrowed down to four. We've got a poll hmm. question out there at uh, WSJS Radio at Josh Graham Shell. These are the options. The color of money... Kate Fear, Mrs. Doubtfire, Django Unchained. How many of those have you seen? I've seen the last two. Okay, so you haven't seen Kate Fear and The Color of Money. Mm -mm. Mrs. Doubtfire or Django Unchained, which one's more essential for WD? Well, Mrs. Doubtfire is just downright hilarious, but Django Unchained might be one of the best movies that's been made in my lifetime. So that fact that you have to the fact that you haven't seen that one, WD, that, that one's gotta be on the list. I told him. I thought that that one would clean up in the polls. Do you know what Django's about? Yes. Okay, just checking. I'm, I mean, I'm aware. Last hour, do you remember who Refrigerator Perry is? No, I don't. Okay. A lot has transpired since Really? Then. He didn't know who that was, and I told him who he actually is, which is uh, a former London British Prime Minister from back in the day who mm. is a very skinny fellow. That's why they call him the Fridge. Mm-hmm. That's... That's who refrigerated, and he went to Clemson. ACC legend. That's right.
That's what we're talking about. <laughs> what, what are you laughing about? I mean, the ACC legend, Richard yes. Perry, right? That, that is cool. I, okay, let's do this together. <laughs> WD, Google Refrigerator Perry. You were, okay, we're going to do this in real time. Can you? Because you, you, you should know who Refrigerator Perry is. You do, you're a producer on a sports talk show. The, the, Here we the, go. The British Prime Minister thing threw me for a loop a little bit. I'm yeah, not well, he's not, a, he's not really a British Prime Minister, is he? Oh, is he? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, like, because of my the back of my head, I was thinking, isn't there a football player named the Fridge? There is. Yeah, and it would be this guy, Refrigerator Perry. He and did, he did go to Clemson. Legend, I wasn't lying so to you. speak as well. Yeah, he did go to Clemson. That's that's the thing that happened. But I should have put Super, Super, Super Bowl shuffle. That mean anything to you? Something like that. Yeah, I should have put 85 Bears. Can you Ditka, name an Can you name an eighty five Bears? The whole thing was Dick Buckus. No, he wasn't. He was not on the eighty five Bears. Okay, well in that case, though, it's disappointing. I thought Dick Buckus was on that team. He finished playing like seventy nine. Oh, maybe like eighty. Ditko is the coach. British Prime Minister. Uh, when you, you said it, you, that, you make it, it, you make it 73 so on Butkus. 73. Oh, 73 he finished playing? Okay, thank mm. you. Uh, Jim McMahon. Walter Payton. <laughs> uh, maybe the greatest running back ever. Or at sweetness. least in the conference. Sweetness. Yeah. Okay. Willie P. We'll be listening to you tomorrow night. Enter Miami. Charlotte, you're not conflicted at all. Just get the wins, get the points. I, that's, I mean, I, I, I feel like I've had this question asked to me about ten thousand times. Do yeah. I want to see Messi? Yes, absolutely. But you know what? At the end of the day, I, I bleed for these dudes. I, I don't care about Messi. And you saw it in August or July, whenever that happened, right? That's enough for me. That's enough for me. Saw it once. That's cool. That's fine. I'm not. I'm Peace. not going to be. I'm not going to be in the bank on Saturday, regardless. I'll be at LSU. That's. That's true. That's. That's true. Well save, played. Save 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 some uh, save some gator for me. I I just might do that. Thank you very much. Thanks, um, pal. Willie P. Good to see you. We'll talk next week. Peace. That is the voice of Charlotte FC. You know what this is like. This is like when you tried to tell me Seven was the best one of the best rom coms of all time. Great rom com Seven. It's not a rom com. No, it's not. I'm sitting there getting. What's in the box? Yeah. Is it a ring? <laughs> is it a wedding ring in the box no it's, it's I can't, not i can't believe i fell for this